your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 439 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. We got a very special guest for you guys here today. We are going to be talking once again with Mr. AJ Galante. This is part two of a two-part conversation with AJ. And for anybody who missed last week's episode, the long and short of it is that AJ was the then 17-year-old general manager of the very short-lived Danbury Trashers. The Trashers were only around for two years, but they certainly made their mark. Uh, Just complete craziness every night fighting nearly every night, uh, rowdy fan base, the whole nine yards, just an absolutely wild atmosphere to watch a hockey game. And AJ was nice enough to join the show and talk about it. If you missed last week's episode, I would say go ahead and probably start there, but you don't have to. You can listen to this episode first. But either way, uh, once again, part two of our conversation with Mr. AJ Galante. Enjoy. Uh, I figure, you know, I know you're a big WWE fan and that kind of influenced how you built the Trashers a little bit, quite a bit, actually, you know, going by the documentary. So I'll ask you a couple WWE related questions, you know, given that that's my full time job as well. But I mean, for starters, and, you know, it's talked about in the documentary a little bit, but I mean, how did your fandom of WWE kind of influence uh, the way you built this Trashers team? I always, you know, all my friends were, you know, WWF fans at the time, you know, all pro wrestling fans. And, uh, you know, back then... You know, we had a faction of friends that were like WCW guys, which we kind of shunned after a while. And then we had our WWF crew. And uh, I mean, we took it serious, man. I mean, we wouldn't let the WCW guys sit with us at lunch. You know what I mean? So we, I took it. And to this day, I take wrestling very serious. So all my friends, you know, they all rooted for the good guys. Shawn Michaels, this one, that one. I always like the bad guys. You know what I mean? Um, I always wanted, you know, I wanted to be different from my friends, but I was always for me, there was always like when I would go to live events, there was always just such a different feeling personally for me when a heel came out for an entrance or when he was on the mic cutting a promo. I always felt I felt it. So I always loved the heel mentality. And, um, you know, I, I said, listen, you know, with this team and my dad agreed wholeheartedly. He's like, we have to make this like a heel wrestler where people hate us. But they will pay to watch us lose. You know, they will pay to, what are we going to do? Like, you know, because look, you're not going to go undefeated in hockey. So every time we took a loss, it was like, you know, people felt like we finally got ours. You know what I mean? So there was so much, like I've studied without having like direct knowledge. Like I studied like wrestling, like that psychology of like storytelling and like how matches are built. Like I don't know anyone directly in WWE that's like taught me this. Like I watch and like, I would study like seriously, like I, I mean, it was insane. And, and I, we use, I used a lot of those ideas when I used to do backyard wrestling with my friends, when the mothers weren't around, same thing. I mean, we had eight guys. We go to my friend Mike's house. We do backyard wrestling. We had stage names. We had entrances. We made an entranceway at woodshop class. I mean, we had literally like storyline meetings. Okay. For eight people. And the only eight people watching this was us. So it's like we took it, we took it serious. And yeah. um, honest to God, I used a lot of those things that I used to do with wrestling 
with, with, with a pro hockey team. It's, it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. I, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you and your father always tended to root for the bad guys in movies. You yourself rooted for the heels when it came to WWE. Yeah. Um, so I got to know, I mean, who is your all time favorite WWE superstar? And then also uh, your current favorite WWE superstar. You know, it's weird because Stone Cold was probably my favorite, but he wasn't, it wasn't like he was a heel, but he was yeah. like, it, I was always intrigued with his character because everyone loved him. He was, he was, he was a face, but he was also like a bad guy, right? With him and Vince McMahon and like that whole Mr. McMahon, the corporation. So like, he was very intriguing character to me. I mean, Undertaker, obviously, but bad guys, I would like random bad guys like JBL. Like, like John Bradshaw Layfield, like when he was like just a douche to everyone. Like, I like guys like that, like Triple H when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, that snob. Yep. Um, just anyone, like when Shane McMahon with, with the Mean Street Posse, with Greenwich guys. I mean, just getting the rise out of the crowd. I mean, it, it's just such an art. And I watch what these guys do. I mean, currently... I like Roman Reigns now that he's kind of turned kind of dark. You know what I mean? I like sure. that. You yeah. know, I, again, I didn't like him as a good guy. You know, I'm like, ah, you know, but when he turned bad, I, I like what I'm seeing. So I've been watching him. Um, you know, I, I got too many to name. It's hard. I mean, I used to yeah. love when he was a bad guy, Owen Hart. I used to love Owen Hart. Yes. Owen Hart was one of the best on the mics. I don't think he gets enough credit for that, but, um, and I liked a lot of managers, Jim Cornette, Paul Heyman. Those are guys like, I feel like I could get a role in there one day. I feel like I could be, I think I could cut a promo good. I'm not as good as them, but I think I could stir up some anger. We got a, we got a brainstorm, you know, maybe when we're done here, we'll talk about, you know, which wrestler we could pair you with somewhere down the line here. We'll, we'll see if we can make that 100%. happen. 100%. Whoever, yeah. whoever people hate is who I got to be with. That's it. Absolutely. Now, how did you get John Cena to show up at a trasher game? Now, granted, Cena wasn't quite as big then as he is now, but he was starting to become a pretty big star in WWE. I believe he was the United States champion when he showed up for your yeah. game. Uh, how did that all come together? And uh, how did that go with John that night? Honest to God, I had nothing to do with that one. That like the week before our um, play-by-play announcer who also did public relations and, and, you know, he did a, he wore a lot of different hats with us. He told us, he said, Hey, listen, we just booked John Cena to come. We're going to do a WWE night, a promotion night, you know, uh, next week. And he's going to come. I was like, what? I was like, that's awesome. I mean, he was a U.S. champion. He was in a feud with JBL leading up to, um, you know, WrestleMania that year. And, uh, the most humble guy came, um, you know, he had a rental car, he parked, he came, he, he signed every autograph. Um, it was a big draw. I mean, we were drawing fans, but having him there was like a whole nother level. People were just infatuated. I mean, he took every picture, every autograph, he dropped the puck. He did like, um, he did in between the first and second period, we had a contest where people like did freestyle and stuff like that. He was the judge. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really awesome guy. He he watched, you know, the first two periods with us. Uh, really great guy. So I don't know how it came about. I was just happy it did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he always comes across, you know, he does all that great work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Always comes across as just a really stand-up, really good guy. Uh, so that's really great to hear. Guy. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are back and better than ever. 
All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I want to ask you, obviously, there's a couple of Ranger tie-ins here because uh, Mike Rupp, uh, he played for the Trashers and he ended up playing for the Rangers near the end of his career. And uh, also Roman Ender played one season with the uh, with the Rangers. Uh, we'll start with Rupper. I mean, you know, I, I saw in the documentary, obviously, your dad is like, you know, get me a goal scorer and, and you get Mike Rupp. But how did that whole conversation go? How did you talk Mike Rupp into uh, coming to the Trashers while the NHL was on strike there? Well, that's another thing. I mean, you know, like I, you saw in the doc, I'm a big, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it. I'm a big Devils fan. So what happened was when I, right. when I went to the, when I went to the, um, you know, game seven, when they won the cup that year in 03, um, you know, that, that, that playoff run they had, you know, they brought Mike Rupp up from the minors because they needed some depth. They were having some injuries and stuff. So I became like, a, you know, he was like kind of a rookie at the time. So I was infatuated because he was having a good, you know, little playoff run. And then he had the cup clinching goal and um, that was it. And then, you know, fast forward like a year and a half later and um, the name kind of comes across, you know, my eyes like, Hey, this guy might be available, you know? And, and, and they're like, do you know who he is? He, I'm like, yeah, I know who he is. I was like, we got to get this guy like a million percent got to get this guy just, just because he won the cup for the devils. And plus I knew at this level, he's got a big body. He's physical. He could play. I was like, this, if, if this is for real, I said, we got to make it happen. And, uh, we made it happen. And uh, I mean, talk, another guy, just super humble. I mean, at that point of his career, he was just kind of getting going, you know what I mean? But um, great guy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I got to know this. Was there anybody else? You know, obviously the NHL has the strike season. There's no NHL. Was there anybody else from the NHL that you tried to get in touch with, tried to talk into coming to the to the Danbury Trashers? And was there anybody that was like, you know, kind of saw the fighting and all the brawling and everything and was like, eh, maybe not. Was there anything like that going on? So, so basically I try to go fantasy mode, like video game. The first, when we found out the season was completely done, that they weren't going to come back even for abbreviated season. We tried to get Donald Brashear and Georges Larocque, um, just two 
crazy enforcers. Like we just want, which would have been a total waste of money because no one was going to fight them anyway. But I just wanted them on the team just to say it. Um, we came, and I talked with him yesterday, we came this close to getting Sean Avery. And that would have no been, that would have been, uh, it's probably, and I told him, it's probably best you never came to Danbury because you, we probably all would have got arrested at that point. I mean, uh, he, uh, we came this close to Sean Avery. He was playing in the league. Um, he was with the LA Kings during the lockout and uh, he played a few games with uh, an expansion team in Detroit, Motor City. But um, we came very close in getting him. Uh, who else did we, I mean, we talked to, I mean, listen, we tried, we, we, we tried, you know, listen, if they're available, you know, my job is to try to put the best team on the ice. I mean, if you got NHL guys looking to skate, you know, even if it's just home games type of situation, I mean, we look local teams, Islanders, Rangers, Devils. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Rupper was the, the main guy. We had Steven Pete from the Capitals for a few games. So we, we try to go after whoever, whoever we could go for. Yeah. Sean Avery, that that just blows my mind, man. I think that would have been a match made in heaven because, I mean, you see the things that he does, you know, at the NHL level that he, that he was doing at that point in his career. And, you know, to come to the Trashers, this kind of team that's known for fighting and kind of putting on a show, uh, I think he would have been absolutely perfect for that team. I, I really wish that would have happened. But no, yeah. no, no, a, th- a thousand percent. I mean, um, it would have been it would have been perfect. I was talking with him yesterday and we were joking about it. And I was like, I got to get you a jersey because um that that's the one regret I have is that we, it wasn't, I don't know whose fault it was, but it just didn't happen. And it would have been, um, it would have been absolutely insane if he, if he, if he came. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning is your odyssey in LX or an EX and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. I figure I might as well ask you about this too. Do you have any predictions for the NHL this season? I mean, I know you're a big devil fan. They're kind of going through a little bit of a rebuild at the moment. Uh, do you want to throw out a, a cup champion or anything that's going to happen in the NHL this year? Any predictions? You know, I can't give you a good prediction because I'm just starting to get back into hockey, like watching again and kind of getting the lay of the land, who's who's, what's what. So I'll throw a, I'll throw the most generic. I'm going to go with, with uh, Tampa Bay. I'll just say they're going to repeat again. And, uh, but I can't give a, a great, you know, prediction because I'm still trying to learn, you know, who's playing in the league. You know what I mean? I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I've just kind of gotten back into it the past two, three years. Yeah, I hear you, man. I mean, Tampa, that's, it's a good prediction. It's, it's the obvious prediction and kind of the safe prediction, but it very yes, well. Fits I'm going to go, be. I'm going to go, I'm going to go super safe because I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. I'd like to say devils, but that's probably not going to happen. But, uh, 
I do like what they're doing. I've been studying, you know, keeping up obviously with the Devils and uh, seeing what they're doing. Obviously, the obviously the Rangers, you know, uh, it's always good when they're good. You know what I mean? Like when the Rangers are good, even though I'm not a Ranger fan, you know, it, it's always good when um, anytime a New York team's in the mix, it's always good for the league. Yeah, I'm looking, you know, forward to that rivalry. We're, we're overdue for a Ranger-Devil playoff matchup, I think, and I think that could be a ton of fun. Um, something that your dad actually mentioned in the documentary, and I wanted to ask you about this as well. You know, he mentioned that for the longest time, he wasn't really a hockey fan, didn't really watch a sport, didn't really think one way or the other about it. But then obviously you start playing, and he goes to some of your games and, you know, sees it up close and personal and becomes a big-time fan. Do you feel like, just in general, people if they gave hockey more of a chance that this sport could grow because i've been making that claim for decades literally decades listen i didn't grow up a hockey guy i i, I got into it because of the movie mighty ducks okay hockey i tell people and i played every sport growing up i'm a major fan of every sport i, I could you know baseball basketball football hockey any sport i'm into you know the problem with hockey is for some reason for the casual it doesn't translate on tv good i don't know why but if you can get someone to a game, you'll never leave them. You'll never lose them. Um, as a matter of fact, I mean, I, with my boxing gym here, you know what I mean? I actually just bought a street hockey net. And, you know, I deal with a lot of inner city kids that know nothing about hockey. And, you know, we got a bunch of sticks. And you know what? You, you just let them start playing street hockey. I mean, that's how you have to start it. I mean, if you want, the, if you want it to grow, a lot of people are scared of the ice. Okay. A lot of people, kids are afraid to fall. You have to start them on the street like anything else. And I got 10, 12 kids since this Netflix thing came out, all of a sudden want to play street hockey and we have shootouts in the back. And uh, you know what? I promise you by the end of this year, five kids will try to skate because it, they'll just want to graduate to the next thing. Yep. But you have to go to a game to understand like, to see how fast the game is, to see how um, competitive the game is. Like, there's nothing like playoff hockey. Playoff hockey, there's nothing. I don't care what anybody says. There's nothing like it. So you have to get people to the game somehow. And once they get there, they're going to get hooked. Yeah, absolutely. Now, as far as, you know, the players that were on the Danbury Trashers, uh, you know, I saw toward the end of the documentary, there's a little bit of a reunion. You know, you, you, you were there. Your dad was there. Obviously, a lot of the fans, the Section 102 people were there. Um, will there be another reunion of some kind, you know, among the players, the fans, you know, anywhere in Danbury here? Because I actually lived in Danbury up until recently. I'm in Bethel now. So, I mean, hey, yeah. I would stop by. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, anything's possible. I, I We've spoken about it for a while. And um, honestly, man, I mean, any anything is possible. I mean, uh, this documentary has been like growing and, and especially internationally. I mean, I've gotten messages literally from all over the world saying, like, we want to come to Danbury. It's the weirdest thing. So, yeah. um, you know, you never know. I mean, uh, I would love to do something. Um, I definitely have some ideas in the back of my head, but let's, uh, you know, let's see how the rest of this year goes. And, you know, we go from there. Yeah, definitely. And you know, this kind of uh, goes in line with what you just said of anything is possible. Is there any chance at all, even 0.1%, whatever, that the Danbury Trashers ever make a return and we see this team in action again? Is there any chance at all? Listen, again, there's always the 0.01%. Listen, yeah. the game is so different now, okay? Um, we in no way, shape, or form could ever do what we did on the ice in 2021 or off the ice in 2021. Um, the world is so different. 
Um, and, and frankly, I'll be honest with you, I don't think it will ever live up. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where I know people, people want to be there for history, right? They want to manufacture, like this team, it could net, you know, maybe for a promo game here or there or something, but it will never live up to what it was 16, 17 years ago. It just, it just wouldn't. Um, but again, anything is possible, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe they appear in, a, in another, um, in another way. Who knows? But uh, it would be tough. You know, it, the Danbury has a good team now with the hat tricks. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm happy they're carrying the torch. Um, and it's their time now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, say the Trashers were still around. This is a question I just got to throw at you. And I know you're still kind of getting back into the NHL and learning the landscape again. But is there any player currently in the NHL who, like, if there was another NHL lockout and the Trashers are still around, okay, I got to call that guy. Is there is there anybody like that that stands out for you? Tom Wilson from the oh. Capitals. Uh, Ryan Reeves. Uh, you know, guy. And Ryan Reeves is in New York now, I think. He actually, is. Right? He's with them okay, this offseason, so yeah. Ryan Reeves. Uh Tom Wilson, just because of the, the hatred, I would say, um, ah, God, there was a guy. And again, this is, I'm, I've been out of the loop, but yeah, there's a couple out there for sure. But, um, any of the disturbers out there, that's, that's, uh, you know, they, they, they would look good in the silver, black and blue. Yeah, for sure. Um, what does it mean for you to have so many people that now are, you know, caring about this team and, and trying to get Danbury Trasher jerseys? I mean, the team basically hasn't existed since 2006. And, you know, all these people, you know, care so much and, and you know, they're they're reaching out to you. What does that mean to that these people still care this much about it? it? It's such a this whole thing, John, has been so humbling for me and my father. Seriously, I was just we were just talking about it last night, like uh we never did this to be famous, you know, and that's what I don't, you know, people we're living in a world today where people are trying to be famous so bad. Like they'll do anything, post it on YouTube or whatever. Just, they want to, they'll do anything to be famous. And I'm not saying we're famous, but what I'm saying is me and my father, we never, my dad and, and people, he's very misunderstood. My dad wanted to do something special for this city. And that's a fact. We never made, he never made money those two seasons. Um, the way we were going, we probably would have never made money. But my dad is all about legacy, and he wanted to give the city something that wasn't here at the time. And he's happy that it's still going on. I mean, since the Trashers, we've had other pro teams in, and that's good because we've developed a fan base that can sustain a, a team. And it, But the whole thing is so humbling. I mean, I never thought anyone outside – you know, New York, Connecticut would ever even know about the trashers. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, like I said, I get mess. I mean, thousands of messages since this thing has dropped. I mean, New Zealand, Australia, Colombia, Mexico, Canada. I mean, I can name Ukraine, Russia, Croatia, <laughs> Ireland, Italy. I mean, I've been getting messages from all over the world. And sometimes in like, a different language. I have to Google translate it. I mean, I don't even know what they're talking about, but um, it, it's like everyone has taken such, like if I get a thousand messages, there's a thousand different takeaways from the doc. You know, there's so many different, and I think that's why maybe the doc has been kind of successful because there's so many storylines within it. And, and so many people have, you know, so many people have reached out to me about the father son bond of me and my dad. So many people have, talked about you know how we help the community i mean 
and there's been negative. Don't get me wrong. There's negative uh, takes to it too, but it's amazing what, what, what people have really seemed to enjoy it. And uh, you know, we're, we're working on restocking the merch and sending it out. And it's crazy. It's like we're UPS over here now, all of a sudden, I mean, it's insane. It, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, for anybody listening to this episode right now, AJ and I actually met about five years ago. I did a couple of stories on AJ's uh, boxing team. So, AJ, man, I might as well ask you at least a couple of questions about that real quick. I know, uh, you know, you're you're really enthusiastic about everything that you've got going on there. So uh, how's that yeah. going? I remember, you know, the Wolfpack amateur boxing team. How's everything going there with with that team? Yeah, it's 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 growing. You know, like I said, you know, COVID obviously took a took a like any person and living you know it took a toll on us a little bit but we're growing i mean we're getting um we're getting we're getting professionals from other areas trying to come down and train out of danbury now they're coming out here um you know i'm managing a, a bunch of pros um, you know a lot of professional boxers are looking to relocate here even temporarily just to utilize what we're building here and frankly what we're building here is is in certain parallels, a lot like what we were doing with the trashers and everyone feels like a family here. Um, whether you're a pro an amateur, whether you, you know, I got a guy who's 68 years old who comes in every day and hits the bag for 10 rounds. You know what I mean? It's awesome. People feel, people feel comfortable here. It, it's a, it's a subculture over here. People, people really love it. I mean, we got people, New Haven. Uh, I got, you know, so many people that are relocated to Danbury from like the city they've been signing up they love it they're like wow I feel like I'm back in in the Bronx with a gym like this I mean it's such a family atmosphere and people just they've really been enjoying it you know that's cool to hear man I remember it's kind of in its infancy when I wrote a couple of stories about it and now it's really cool to see that it's grown like it has um but listen AJ this was a ton of fun I figure um if you got a couple more minutes we can end with a quick lightning round here I'll just ask you a couple questions and you just say the first thing that pops into your head hundred percent. Let's do it. All right, cool, man. So uh, all-time favorite memory with the Danbury Trashers. It can be a win, a goal, a fight, anything. Anything you want to throw out there? First round, uh, first year, first round of the playoffs, game two in Adirondack, triple overtime win. Nice, nice. Uh, MVP of the Danbury Trashers, who would you give it to? Oh, boy. Tough one. Oh, no. That's uh, uh, Jimmy Galante. Good answer. Good answer. I like it. Um, favorite hockey movie. I know you're a Mighty Ducks fan, but what's your all-time favorite? Mighty Ducks 2. There you go. There you go. Um, favorite sport to play? <sighs> Street hockey. All right. And favorite sport to watch? Baseball slash pro wrestling. Nice, nice. Um, I know, at least growing up, maybe you're still a gamer, maybe you still play video games every once in a while, but uh, do you have an all-time favorite hockey video game? What's your go-to? Oh, NHL 94. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it, the best. It, it'll stand the test of time, even with that glitch, the, the you know, wraparound goal. You could score 10 goals if you wanted to, but <laughs> NHL 94 or... Um, you know, I just I, I I still play the sport games, you know, Madden, NHL, MLB the show. I mean, I love playing the sport games when I can. One hockey game that you absolutely have to try. It's called it's for Xbox, the original Xbox. It's called NHL Hits 2002. And have you ever played like NFL Blitz? 
Oh yeah. Oh, so it's a hockey version. Exactly. I'm writing, that, three. Down. I'm writing that down. <laughs> there you go, man. There you, it's crazy. Like every hit, you know, you're knocking guys through the glass and everybody's helmet yeah. is falling off and there's fighting. It's it's great. I think you'd really like it. Um, uh, I got to check that one. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, where was I here? Let's see. Uh, do you have an all time favorite NHL player? I know you're a devil's fan, so I'm wondering if it's maybe Scott somebody. Stevens. Okay. Scott Stevens. Okay. He was, he was, uh, a God to me. I mean, I tried to, I tried to play like him, you know what I mean? I mean, he was, um, it's like a great white shark out there. I mean, he was, uh, he was a predator out there, man. And, and I would watch him and study him and man. And if he laid a, even half a hit on you, you, you were feeling it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, favorite NHL moment. I know you, now that you were at game seven of the Stanley cup finals, so that's gotta be pretty close, but yeah. All right. So we take that out. Let's take NHL. that out. Yeah. My first game, my first game, okay. um, 1994, De- my first ever game was, uh, cont- uh, you know, the Meadowlands. It was uh, Devils versus Penguins. And I just remember walking to my seat for the first time, just feeling that, you know, coolness of the rink and uh, watching warm-ups, you know, all the pucks flying into the stands. And uh, Scott Stevens did lay someone out that game. And I remember Yarmir Yager, his hair. I'll never forget those those moments, my first game. Yeah, good times, man. Um, you're attending a game in person, let's just say an NHL game. Would you rather see a hat trick or a line fight? Line fight. Yeah. I've I've seen one hat trick. I've never seen a line fight, so I would have to agree with you there. Yes. Um, and finally, which WWE superstar, and this could be past or present, would have made the best Danbury trasher? Oh. A lot of choices. Oh boy. Uh WWF or WWE, let's go with it's got to be Stone Cold. It has to, I mean, yeah, it, it sounds really cliche and generic, but it, 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 it would have fit perfect. Yeah, I mean, just the total badass, and then after the game, crushing beer, you know, I think that I think that definitely would have worked. Or um, hardcore Holly, or hardcore Holly, maybe, maybe. I, I yeah, good shout out there. That's a, that's a good choice. Legit, um, legit tough guy, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, AJ, listen, man, this is a ton of fun. Thank you for doing this show. And uh, we'll make this happen again, man. We'll have you come back on and just maybe talk some Rangers Devils at some point. No, hundred. like I said, I'm getting back into it and, uh, you know, trying to trying to get back and you know, nothing like a Ranger Devil. You know, I don't care where they are in the standings. It's just something about a Ranger Devil game for me. All right. Once again, a big, big thanks to everyone for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. And thank you again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen of the day. A huge thanks as well goes out to AJ Galante. It was a blast talking some hockey with him and uh, just learning a little bit more about the Danbury Trashers. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.